now would probably be a good time if you haven't already to take a look at your first quarter. How are you doing on pace to your goals, right? And whether you're doing well or you're not, there's a shift happening in the marketplace right now that really should cause you to take a, a deeper look at it. And so one of the things I always say is if I'm going to take a look backwards, I need to take a look at what worked for me mm-hmm. and probably need to double down on that stuff. Right. But I also need to take a look at what hasn't worked for me and I need to eliminate that if it's not giving me the ROI. Wad that up in the trash. Boom. Throw it, right? Boom. <laughs> that was a three, by the way. Welcome to another episode of the Contacts to Contracts podcast. I am Brian Lovell with Mr. John Jones, my amazing co-host. And, uh, you know, John, I just figured we'd have a little bit of a conversation today about some things that are going on in the market. And uh, what got me thinking about it is I, I took a call this morning from somebody who was asking me, hey, h- how am I doing? In other words, they, they were looking to compare their business. And, and in fairness, this was a real estate agent. Um, they were looking to compare their business to uh, the same time period the previous year. Mm-hmm. And to me, the question was kind of out of context. And the reason the question was kind of out of context is because, you know, we can look at our business compared to you over year. I think it's a valuable measurement. Um, we had Jared on here a couple of weeks ago, Jared Weatherford, and he talked about knowing your business and you're a professional if you do. But to me, the measurement that I would want to measure myself up against is how am I doing against the rest of the market, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so <clears throat> I'm just going to throw out some numbers out of thin air to kind of give the analogy of what I'm talking about. And so let's say that, what, and this doesn't matter what kind of sales you're in. Like I used to be in retail sales, and we compared year-over-year year retail sales to the numbers that came in, you know, federally, right? Right. Um, so what we would take a look at is, hey, if, if I'm up 10% year over year, but the market is up 20%, what could that say about my business? Your business uh, is probably down a bit. It could be down a bit, right? Right. You're up, but compared to relatively speaking, the business could be, you know, if, you're, if something that you're selling is hot, uh, you know, uh, in demand, mm-hmm. you should be industry, you know, up 20%, you know, to be just average yeah. with the industry so increase. I, and maybe I'm Otherwise, a little bit you're falling falling behind. Yeah. So maybe I'm a little bit harsh, but to your point, am am I at pace to everybody else around me? Meaning if the market's up twenty percent, that's the average. Right? right. Now I don't know about I've known you a while. I know you're not an average right. guy. I don't want to be right. an average guy. So when I'm looking at that as the benchmark if I'm up 10% year over year and the market's up 20, I'm underperforming. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead. I mean, and one of the things that uh, I think that we like to measure, um, whether it's real estate, mortgage, or anything that you're selling, is um, price is irrelevant. So, you know, volumes are irrelevant, right? right? <laughs> so, so we're going to, let's just say mortgages and real estate, for example. If you're going to measure yourself in success, measure it in units mm-hmm. units sold you know whether it's buy side sold month to month month year over year mm-hmm. uh list side sold month to month year over year the same thing in the mortgage industry because you know while we're having a great year in both of those industries yep. 
we've seen 18 to 20 percent price appreciation yeah. in the last 12 months yeah. and you so didn't do anything to you didn't earn do that. right yeah. you, you just got yourself a 20 percent raise we'll call it across the board yes. for doing nothing for doing nothing yeah. i mean that's just you know yeah. that's inflation it's uh, driving that number so don't compare hey you know my volume is up 20 percent. i must be killing it if you've closed the same amount of business Yes. Unit wise. Yeah. I used to work with somebody who said that units were a reflection of your activities within the market, whereas the price was a reflection of the market. Correct. So, you know, you didn't do anything to earn necessarily the market that we're in, but the activities that you're doing in the market um, certainly did. So, excuse me. So I go back to like the conversation we were just having. If I'm up 10% and the market is up 20, the, there's some questions I have to start asking myself. Um, and and one of the main one is, is my business, if, if I'm not up to the benchmark where the market is at, am I riding the market or are my business activities a reflection of where my business is at? You know, because what, what happens if, if you're riding the market, if the market shifts and goes the other way, what happens? Your business drops off, yeah. That's Your business drops decrease. off too, right? right? So I don't think anybody wants their business to ebb and flow with the, the market. market. And I think the reality is, is we have to understand that there are things that we can do within the market that are going to grow our business regardless of the market that we're in. Yeah, 100%. <clears throat> yeah. So... Um, Speaking of the market, smoking hot right now, right? It's ridiculous. If, if hot. you're, if you're, a, I go back to if you're selling a home right now in the United States, it's never been this. Congratulations. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's, it's, ne- it's never been this amazing, you know. And, and just talking to people, um, you know, over the last couple of weeks, just in my travels, um, people are starting to like really consider selling that that are not really sellers mm-hmm. um, and trying to figure out a strategy for maybe an exit and then a re-entry. Yeah. Um, the kids have gone off to school. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking families, but I'm talking, not, not you and I, we need, yes. to, we need to stay where we're yes. at with our kids. But for, for folks that are, that are in that situation, it's, it's, it's unique because you know, you've, got, you've got a lot of things to consider. So, I mean, I look at what's gone on with the, you know, the uh, political change that we're going through. We're mm-hmm. at a 15% capital gain rate currently. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that have bought homes years ago have maybe seen the max that they can, you know, the 250 exemption yes. or the 500. They've blown by that in some cases. So if you're a seller and you're in that situation, you, you, you've got 15% above and beyond that. That's due to the IRS, you know, if you were to sell that home. Mm-hmm. Um, how much longer to hang on to it? Do you do you sell and then jump into a new home? Yeah, you know to restart that you know yeah. that exemption. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's it's crazy how quickly everything changes and shifts. You know, because yeah. I'm going to take us back to like the beginning of 2020. Um, you know, we're we put our heads down, we put business plans together based on our business being the way it had been really for the last three years maybe even longer, right? It was predictable. We knew it was going to happen. It's like the same behaviors and activities that we do in the market are continuing to work. And so it's kind of like you you put together a business plan and it was like set it and forget it territory, Mm -hmm. right? Because the market had been so steady and and so the same. 
um, for a number of years. And I mean, I learned a valuable lesson during this time period too. We'll get to that. But then March rolls around. Now all bets are off. You know, at first you're like, oh my goodness, the world is shutting down because of COVID. Right. And <clears throat> by the way, that for, for us in our business, that was a short period of time, not a short period of time that we were shut down, but it was a short period of time of, I don't know what yeah. happens yeah. next, uncertainty, thank right. you. And then we moved into, hey, we have a great opportunity here if we execute, right? And so the business took off, refinance um, market got huge overnight, fast, it was like liquid smoking fire, hot, smoking right. hot. Yep. And you know, that's one of those things where you could take a look at and look back and say, hey, how did I do? Like, because it was coming so fast and furious, you know, average producers were having President's Club years, you know, and by the way, I'm not taking anything away from you if you did that, right? Because what you did well was you went out and executed the opportunity. That's what matters. Yeah, 100%. You know? I mean, I, and I think now that we're seeing that shift back a year later, you know, we've kind of run that course with with the low rates. We've seen rates come up the first quarter of 2021. Um, you know, you and I probably want to talk about what's your plan to stay on track with some of the numbers that you were able to uh, to throw out for 2020. Yes. I mean, a lot of us, right, we, we loved our 2020, right? Yes. We, we love looking at those paychecks and we don't want that to go away. No. So I think it's... Uh, Super important that, you know, we, we typically start January with the business plan, but that was still rolling and, and really whatever the plan was, you probably were just doing full speed ahead still with the refi opportunity. Yeah, running with your hair on fire. You know, but but that's yeah. that, that now that that's over, now more than ever, I think it's time that you just really got to analyze, you know, here going forward the last eight months of 2021 yeah. to get back on track. Because I think to your point earlier, it's going to go back to the market we were more used to. And you know, the, the 2017, 2018, right, where 2019 it's 80 market, to 90% yeah. of your transactions are purchase related. They're yeah. not, you know, now we've got some folks that have flipped where, you know, that this past year they did probably 60, 70%, maybe a little bit more refi mm -hmm. um, in certain markets. And by the way, not to shun, they still did a great job with purchases that were out there. They just had a ton of opportunity to yeah. save hundreds of homeowners a lot of money so they capitalized on it and good for them as you alluded to yeah but now it's time to refocus and shift back to that traditional i've got to get down to my core activities mm -hmm. that it, that's going to drive my business going forward yeah kind of kind of making that shift back to the core yeah, like you been, said it's been a year and we've got right yeah. back at it and, and i think you're right you know we we go in we went into 2021 with a similar business plan to the way that we ended 2020 it was the right one to do at the time but the market and business is starting to shift a little bit and so you know i think um the mistake i said i made a mistake you know my mistake for a number of years was I'm going to write this business plan and I'm going to stick to it like the letter of the law from January to December, right? The lesson is you've got to go back and you got to look at it periodically, right? 100%. And, and that, that might be I'm taking a weekly look at it. You know, again, I go back to what Jared Rutherford shared with us. Like there are certain disciplines in his real estate business that they track weekly, right? right? And I'm a huge subscriber to that. Um, you know, we track stuff weekly, mm -hmm. right, at, at our level. So, um, 
you're going back and you're taking a look at what worked for you. So whether that's I'm taking a look at my business plan on a monthly basis, maybe a quarterly basis, you were in the middle of April right now. Now would probably be a good time if you haven't already to take a look at your first quarter. How are you doing on pace to your goals? Right. And whether you're doing well or you're not, there's a shift happening in the marketplace right now that really should cause you to take a a deeper look at it. And so one of the things I always say is if I'm going to take a look backwards, I need to take a look at what worked for me Mm -hmm. and probably need to double down on that stuff. Right. But I also need to take a look at what hasn't worked for me and I need to eliminate that if it's not giving me the ROI. Why that up in the trash? Throw it, right? Boom. <laughs> that was a three, by the way. That was an air three. It's nice. like playing the air guitar. Well, you're good. Except it was you air You look like a basketball guy. <laughs> yeah, not at, <laughs> not at all. There's no fat basketball guys. Yeah. So when you talk about the what, what's not working in your business plan, how what, what's a good time frame? I mean, traditionally, we don't we don't want to go week to week on that, right? We want to give it, uh, you know, give that uh, activity an opportunity to run its course. But maybe probably looking at 60, 90 days if you're consistently hitting on something. Yeah. And then just evaluate every few weeks. And, you know, but you've got to commit to it. Um, you know, go with it for a good yeah. two or three months, much like a diet. We, we kind of get on that diet yeah. and we go, oh, the first that's week a, or that's two. That's a four letter word, bro. Yeah. The first week or two, we're like, I'm not really dropping, but you've got to be consistent yes. with that or whatever activity it is. And then sit back, like you said, after a quarter and analyze it and say, this these three things worked this one not so much and yeah. it's yeah i think you know john that was all net that, that was all net yeah you bring up uh <laughs> i had you, to shoot yeah <laughs> hey uh winners want the ball <laughs> there you go um so seth br- curry man just shoot a lot and you're gonna score <laughs> yeah. yeah shotgun approach yeah so you bring up a really great point um and the question that you kind of posed is how long should i stick with something before determining this isn't giving me the ROI. And I think that a lot of times when we try stuff that's new, we bail on it before we got an Quickly, opportunity. Yeah, right? we bail on it before we really took an opportunity to see if it was gonna play out or not. So I don't have a, a right or wrong answer for you, but I think that is something that you have to take a look at as a sales professional is if this isn't working, did I give it my best effort and enough time for it to um, and if you didn't, I would say stick with it. But if you if you did, you know, I think I think you got, it's like the old adage, like um, slow to hire, quick to fire. Like your your business activities are kind of like that, too. Mm-hmm. Right. Slow to see if it's going to pay out the ROI. But when you realize it's not, you got to be quick to, Pull to cut trigger. it from your business. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, you look look back on, um, you know, where your business has been for. um you know, the la- like we were talking about the last quarter, how are you doing versus your goals? But I think right now too, this is what we're talking about, is the shift in the market. A lot of us in the mortgage space, a lot of our behaviors and activities were built on the- taking advantage of the refi market, which was the right thing to do at that time. And the market is starting to shift a little bit in that regard um, and going back more towards the purchase market being the higher percentage of your product mix, right? We need inventory. Right. And so if that's what you're seeing in your local market where you're at as a loan originator, you need to be taking a look at that business plan and determining, hey, do I still have a business plan built for the market today? 
or is my business plan built for the market of yesterday? And that's where, you know, I learned um, over the last 12, 18 months, you got to pivot fast. You got to shift fast um, because I was the oldie that like, hey, I wrote this. This is like Moses's tablet. And he wrote it in stone. You know, the the Ten Commandments. That's what I'm talking about. I know. Gotcha. <laughs> but uh, it's not written in stone. You know, like I can get out an eraser and, and erase that Change business it. plan. Yeah. Change it. You know. I mean, I, I think it's just back to basics. I mean, there's, you know, we've done several of these now and it's, we've, we've interviewed a variety of producers from all across the country. And, mm-hmm. um, I think we're all doing the same, the, the, the majority are doing the same three, four or five, you know, really three or four things in their business consistently over and over and over boring, boring, boring. I look at it like any athlete or anybody that's great at what they do. It's you've got to do that 10,000 hours to be the expert. Yes. And in our business, that means phone work, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, that that's a basic 101. Are you calling your agents every week? Uh, you know, I mean, it's not sexy. It's not glamorous. Yeah. That's a must do. I mean, I think LOs, we've got to go back to basics if, you ha- if you've left them and, and, and probably did because the market, like you said, shifted to the refis. Mm-hmm. We've got to go back to basics. It's got to stay in your plan and always be in your plan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things that, you know, I get frustrated when I talk to different people is, um, you know, they're, they're afraid to call their agents to invite them to a webinar. I'm like, you're calling them every Tuesday anyway, right? Yeah. That's a great opportunity to invite them to an upcoming webinar. Yeah. Clearly, it says you're not calling every Tuesday. Yeah. And you haven't probably talked to them in six or eight weeks. And maybe you're feeling a little guilty reaching out out of the blue because you've been pounding refis. Yeah. And you don't want your friend, the realtor, to say, hey, where have you been? Yeah. Nobody likes to hear that. But I mean, we want to make sure that we stay structured now more than ever, um, because as rates continue to maybe tick up a little bit throughout the rest of this uh, spring and into the summer, guess who's coming out? Every single loan officer yes. that's in your market are going to shift some quicker than others. Some never left, by the way. The newer yeah. ones, they've been pounding your realtors, yeah. getting it after it. You've got to get back to it or else you're going to be in the, a room full of a lot of LOs. Chasing yeah. the same realtor. Chasing the same, yeah. You know, I you bring up a really you bring that's a really good point. I I think that um, you know you go back to the namesake of this podcast, the Contacts Two Contracts podcast, is about how do I convert the contacts that I've made or the contacts that I have in my database into contracts. And I think that there was that period of time. This is what you're alluding to, where the refis were coming in so hot and heavy, we weren't necessarily staying in front of those referral partners. Listen, I would argue to you that right now they need us more than ever. Absolutely. Okay. So in the market that we're in right now, very, very low inventory. Um, You know, you and I were on a webinar this morning with a real estate office here in the Tampa Bay area. And one of the questions we pose is how many of you have made an offer on a property with a buyer that was at or under ask? Crickets. No hands crickets, right? Yep. So the flip side is every single offer we've made in the last six to eight weeks has been an above ask offer. Okay. Yep. So I think that that takes being aligned with a loan originator who um, understands that this is the market that we're in, is going to provide you some tools and resources 
to help you with, you know, agents have those difficult conversations in this market. But more importantly, I, I think we have to be creative to help people win deals, right? And so, you know, in our industry, one of the, the fears that was was building in like 2018 and 2019 was fintech. I don't I don't want to be replaced by fintech, right? Mm-hmm. Which is you know more of like the call center, consumer direct type loan originator. Loan officers, hear me say this: as long as you're providing value, you will never get replaced. Okay, and to me, that providing value is I can't live in a market where I'm like, hey, Mr. Borrower, here's your 30-year fixed, right? You, you have got to take the time to uncover what is best for them and their family mm-hmm. and present them solutions. And so like an example in today's market, I think you're being short-sighted if you're saying, hey, Mr. Borrower, you're gonna put 20% down on this property to do a conventional loan. When in reality, you might need twenty or twenty-five thousand dollars over ask to win the deal. I'd rather see a creative LO say, "Hey, we're going to put five percent down, and we're going to use the other cash that you were going to invest in this property to help you actually win an offer." Right. You know, what are some of the other things you think LOs could be doing in this market to help their buyers and the buyers agents that they're working with win some deals? Oh, in the last three or four weeks, just about everybody I talk to, if you're not calling the listing agent when your buyer and, and, and selling agent are submitting an offer to really promote and uh, you know the strength of that, that buyer as much as we're allowed legally to do. But mm-hmm. we really want to be reaching out saying, hey, I'm John Jones with Van Dyke Mortgage. You know, I'm doing the loan for Sally Smith, the, the Smiths, great family, whatever you can do to let that listing agent know that they can let their seller know, I feel pretty good about this offer. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're solid financing. We do have some cash deals, but I, I'd put this one on a list. If you're not, if you're a lender and you're not at least doing that, you're missing out. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, yeah, I think this is where it comes from, and we've talked about this before. Like in our business, everybody has great rates, everybody closes loan faster, everybody has great products, right? So if that makes us all even, you as an individual loan originator, what makes you different? Yeah, I mean, and, and that's one of the differentiating. Factors. We go back now, and in, in the stress, the stress you have right now, if you're you're a buyer, you're putting escrow money to close in 30 days. You know, we're, every week I'm hearing stories where the seller, the sellers are getting as rightfully so, it's their market. Mm-hmm adamant about no extensions. I mean, you, you do have to partner with a lender and a local lender that you know work with and trust. Yeah. You go back to FinTech or somebody at a bank, I mean, you hear these horror stories. Uh, we just had we just won a deal yesterday because an online lender said, I, I don't think we can make that closing date. Well, w- locally, we're able to do that and commit to that. Mm-hmm. But if you have a lender that without the relationship and that, that LO says, hey, we need a two or three week extension, your, your buyer is going to lose the deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's four or five ready to close, chomp at the bit, and it's probably not going to get extended. Yeah. So you really yeah. do have to have the, a strong partnership more now than ever. Yeah. So, John, I feel like we've kind of laid out what are some of the changes in the market today compared to what they were even three or four months ago. And I want to kind of bring it together a little bit um, because, you know, you alluded to we all had a great 2020 and you know, probably everybody's looking at their W-2. They're pretty happy with that. And nobody wants to go backwards, right? Um, so I go back and I look at like, there's two ways to grow your mortgage business, right? You 
can increase, <laughs> you can do more activities to build more relationships, right? That are going to help you pre-approve more borrowers, or you can grow through talent, mm-hmm. right? So, ta- so even if you're an individual LO, that growth through talent is leverage, all right? And it doesn't. It could be part-time leverage. It could be leverage, leveraged. It could, meaning like a virtual assistant or something like that, um, you know. Or it could be hiring somebody full-time. But I think if if you're the loan officer that's right now looking like we've suggested, go back and look at my business, where it's been, where is it going based on the market that we're currently in and where we're heading, you've got to start to adjust what do I need to do differently if I want to maintain the growth that I experienced in 2020. And I think, you know, you just explained a whole bunch of stuff about what are some things that loan officers should be doing in this market to help their buyers win deals. It takes a lot of work. You've got to have a plan, Brian. You know, but it is a lot more work, right? So, I mean, let, let's look about it. If you're it, the work that I would have to put into closing three purchase transactions, or closing six refis, they're probably about the same, give or take. The refis may be easier. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The refis would be, you know, I could close yeah. six refis so, in the same amount of work it would take me to close three 100%. buyers' transactions. Right. Is, is the point that I'm making, right? right. So. If it's taking more effort to close those purchase deals, and I've got to close more deals to maintain the business that I had, it's going to take more work. So you're going to have to refine or tweak some of your systems and models to be. Let's go go back to the podcast that we just did on what's my ceiling. Yeah, right. I mean, it's like we we've talked about the, this past year is when when is it the right time to hire on an assistant. Mm-hmm. You know, to help you go from four, six units up to eight to ten units. Yep. You know, whatever that number is, you need you need bodies to help you get to that next level yep. and build out your team. Yep. Yeah. And this is where, as a loan officer, you've got to look into reinvesting in your business, right? And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, so I think you know we just kind of laid out some things that, as a loan officer, I would be taking a look at. Um, it's it's not just about um, the behaviors and the activities, it's about measuring the return of investment on those activities, making sure that you have the right ones. Is your business plan, is your model currently set up for the market that we're in? And, you know, and have you taken a look at the hard truths that I've got to change the way I'm doing business to be effective in the market that we're currently in? Yeah. Right. Anything else, man, you think to add? I mean, I, you know, I think going forward, you're probably going to see rates maybe slightly increase through the summer. But I did hear some optimism that, um, you know, in the next year or two, we may get another little bit of a low, a low swing at some some decent rates again. So, well, I mean, so the lesson here is, hey, Mr. And Mrs. LO, like if you didn't do a really good job with your database in 2020, here's your do over. Right. And so yeah. what I am reading between the lines on what you're saying is. And by the way, we're talking about rates being like they're not they're not even four they're, they're less they're than four the percent. They're in the threes. <laughs> they're in the low threes, matter of fact. Right. But you know, if you're if you're doing if you're working with buyers today and and they're working in that realm, and we get another bottle at the apple in a year or two, those are going to be people who could probably refinance into lower rates and lower terms 
and have a similar payment, which we mm -hmm. saw a lot of this year. We saw people go from a 30-year fix that they closed on two years ago to a 20-year fix today at a lower rate and their payment is almost the, the same. same. They just chopped eight or 10 years off of that mortgage term. So I'm, what I'm saying is set your database up now for that opportunity. 100%. All right, cool. Good Any, job, man. Anything else to add, my man? No, I think that, that was it. All right, cool deal. So, hey, listen, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Contacts to Contracts podcast. On behalf of John Jones, I am Brian Lovell. We want you to know it doesn't matter what industry you're in, whether you're in real estate, whether you're a loan originator, you're in any kind of sales, we would love to help you and grow, help you grow your business and support your business in any way that we can. If you like what you see here, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. We out. Thank you. Thank you.